Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you so much for tuning in to Stand Up For The Truth. We'll be talking about a very controversial but important issue today. At least one of the topics is vaccines and the Christian community and what's in the vaccines. Uh, We never hear about, well, we rarely hear about the side effects, that and a whole lot more. Plus, Black Lives Matter, the um, protests, protesting the national anthem, Um, We've seen that, the NCAA, we'll talk a little bit about that, plus the Pope and his recent visits and calls for a new world order and some of the other things that he's talking about. But um, before we get to our guest, can't wait to uh, hear from Dr. Andy Woods today. I just want to read a couple scriptures from James chapter 1. Consider it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect results so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. But if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all generously. If you go down to verse 12, it says, Blessed is a man who perseveres under trial. For once he has been approved, he'll receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Father in heaven, thank you for that promise. Thank you for what we have to look forward to. Thank you that this life is not all there is, and we have such a hope, a blessed hope, as we uh, wait for the great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, to return our Lord. Uh, We thank you, Father, for our faith. Thank you that we are saved because of, um, well, everything that Jesus did. He had already accomplished it all. We can do nothing to add to it. And we're so blessed, Lord, and we don't deserve it, but we will take it gladly. We lift up this hour to you. We pray that people would be encouraged, informed, and that we would all be engaged in what's happening in our communities, in our culture, in our country, and around the world, Lord, wherever our sphere of influence would take us. Use us in any way that you will. In Jesus' name, amen. Welcome back, Dr. Andy Woods, author, pastor, teacher, Sugarland Bible Church in Texas. He's also the president of Schaefer Theological Seminary, founder of Andy Woods Ministries. He's got several great books available on his website, also on Amazon, and it's great to connect with him again today. Andy, thank you so much for being back on the podcast. Yeah, David, good to be with you, and thanks for that uh, the scripture there um, about from James. That's important to keep in mind. You know, during these difficult times. Boy, is it. Um, so before we get into the topic, we're going to start with vaccinations for because of the Rona, the coronavirus. Let's talk about your recent, uh, uh, you spoke at Stealing the Mind conference. Uh, you flew up to Idaho, and there's an annual conference there. First of all, it sold out. They weren't expecting the amount of uh, interest and traffic. Tell us a little bit about what you shared there and also what happened that you told me before we got on the air. Yeah, that's a, that's a conference that's put on by uh, Bill and Susie Perkins, and I've been involved with that, gosh, I think going back to 2010, roughly. Wow. And so it's just a great time to get together with like-minded Christians, you know, for an afternoon of, or a day, I should say, of, you know, fortification, but... You know, I spoke twice, and one of my talks was on the um, compromised church, and I spoke also on the whole subject of signs, you know, leading to the second advent of Christ. But uh, the keynote speaker was Dr. Simone Gold, mm-hmm. who, um, you know, is, it's. I mean, she was just amazing. She graduated medical school at age 23. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, you know, really smart person. And on the <laughs> side, so she's been a practicing physician, you know, for many years. I think she went to Stanford Medical School or something like that. And on the side, she's also a lawyer. <laughs> so wow. she's obviously an extremely gifted person, and she founded, I think, it's, it's called uh, Frontline Doctors. 
And she's the one that's been victimized by being fired from her job. Um, I think she was working at a hospital, if I understand the story right. And, you know, you know, basically being removed from social media, removed from the Internet, because she founded Frontline or is involved in the founding of Frontline Doctors, where she doesn't feel that this vaccine that they're all pushing, you know, Operation Warp Speed, is really something that we have all of the information on. And so her, her talk was essentially about human freedom. Mm. And she said, if you want to take the vaccine, then that's fine. But you need all the information first, and the current state of affairs is not giving people all of the information. So she was really strong on communicating the death of human freedom, you know, if we allow this, and also that this vaccine is experimental because it's being rushed. You know, it's even called Operation Warp Speed, and it takes time Mm -hmm. to see if side effects are going to develop, and all of these normal rules are being set aside to rush hu- humanity uh, into taking this uh, vaccine. And she was talking about really how all the normal rules are set aside right down to the naming of the virus. You know, we can't call it the Chinese virus, you know, because that's racist, supposedly, even though we used to call the measles, the German measles. And right down to the name of the disease, um, the rules are being set aside in the name of political correctness and right down to the uh the way this vaccine is being rolled out is the normal rules are being set aside yeah. and she's very concerned about the death of human freedom and her major point was the only people that can save america from being pushed into this is evangelical christians and that's why she as a jewish person goes around and speaks you know, at Christian groups. Hmm. So that that was sort of the highlight. And, of course, YouTube, um, mid right in the middle of her presentation, you know, shut her down, which they've done with her, you know, frequently. And it's just more evidence that, for whatever reason, they don't want us to have all of the information on this vaccine. Exactly. Now, her session was called Wake Up Call to the world, but she's got America crossed out on the schedule. It says, wake up call to America, line through it, wake up call to the world, um, signs of the times. It Now, correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't she one of the many doctors um, maybe a year ago or, or less that stood out in front of either the Supreme Court or the Capitol, and, and there was at least a, a dozen, probably more doctors that made um, uh, statements on the coronavirus, on uh hydroxychloroquine, which from that point on, it was politicized. And even though it was helping people, uh, because I, for I, for whatever reason that Trump mentioned it, people said, you know, the media said, oh, don't don't use hydroxychloroquine. Is she this? She was one of those frontline doctors, correct? That's her. And not only that, but she was actually involved in the January 6th event you know, that they're all claiming, you know, is an act of domestic terrorism, you know, that you and I have covered when I've been with you on this show. And she was very interesting on that point as well. She said that the Capitol was left wide open Mm. and there was no, um, (laughs) if you were there, there was no indication that they weren't allowed to go in. And so it was left open apparently on purpose. And they turned that into, you know, uh, an act of domestic terrorism, Wow. They called it that, but wow. she was there involved in that, and she actually, you know, made a small speech. You know, it's on film, you know, concerning her role in frontline doctors. But yeah, that's the same person, and she's doing very good work. Great, and we uh, follow her not as closely as I think we need to, but it's Americans. Oh, wait a minute, AmericasFrontlineDoctors.com is the website. AmericasFrontlineDoctors.com. Doctor Simone. Gold. Back to the Stealing the Mind conference, Andy. Is there any way we can get them to do it twice a year? Because I'm looking at you. You were there. Simone Gold was there. Dr. Dave Reagan, Lamb and Lion Ministries. Also, Russ Miller about Creation Ministries. Um, what an amazing event. And one day is just not enough for things like that. Yeah, it's funny. Um, you bring that up. Um, as as Bill was driving me over back to my hotel, he asked me that should we do ah! should we do one more than uh, it's confirmed than once a year. So he's open to that idea. <laughs> so you might want to 
if people want that, send your emails in, and I'm sure he'll take that into consideration. Uh, we've got him coming on. Let's see, looking at the calendar here. He's scheduled to be with us um, April 9. So we're going to press him on the air. Pressure, right on the Excellent. air. We're going to get him to uh, commit to two, well, maybe maybe another one. But um, So Bill Perkins, if you want to go to compass.org, friends, and just get information on Compass International, the Stealing the Mind Conference, and there's DVDs available from past conferences. I would highly recommend it. Okay, um, Andy Woods, I've got this article that you sent me, The Audacity. You email me something from the New York Times, but uh, (laughs) it says, as Israel reopens, whoever does not get vaccinated will be left behind. One of the quotes that really got my attention was this guy named Yuli Edelstein. He said, getting vaccinated is a moral duty. I mean, you can just hear this coming out of some Christians today, uh, the virtue signaling. He said, getting vaccinated is a moral duty. It is part of our mutual responsibility. Whoever does not get vaccinated will be left behind. Andy, go ahead and share your comments on that, and we'll just dive into the subject and this article. Well, it's, you know, it's the kind of thing that you, you know, don't want to see happen where the, everybody you like, you know, Israel, I mean, you know, we're very pro-Israel, mm-hmm. and even some mainstream evangelicals, you know, I don't mind naming the names because they've come out publicly and said this, guys that I normally really, really like on many, many issues are now recommending the vaccination, even saying things like, you know, Jesus would get back vaccinated. Yes. Um, Robert Jeffress of First Baptist Dallas has now said that, and now wow. even Franklin Graham, which broke my heart because mm. I, I'm a big Franklin Graham person. I I always have appreciated both of those guys, but yes. it's sort of stunning. And even Trump, you know, uh, I was a dyed in the wool Trump supporter. And even Trump, you know, has calling for people to get vaccinated, and it was under his watch that we have this Operation Warp Speed. And now Israel, you know, is saying get vaccinated or be left behind. And that whole language is very disturbing to me because that is, first of all, it's the death of human freedom. Yep. If you're going to tie someone's career to whether they're going to get a vaccine or not. And the second thing is they're bringing Jesus into it. These theologians are doing it, or pastors, and they're getting into an area that they don't really understand, that they're not medical authorities, you know, any more than I'm a medical authority. That's why I rely on people like Dr. Simone Gold. And the whole point of all of this is, you know, let's slow down a little bit here with this, Mm -hmm. because... According to Dr. Simone Gold, the Americans aren't giving all of the, getting all of the information. And anytime you make a decision about anything, whether it's buying a house or picking a career or investing money, I mean, it's kind of a given that you're given all of the facts on the front end so you can make a rational decision. And for whatever reason, this is not happening right now with this vaccination. You know, it's just, it's just a rush job. Yes. And I'm not necessarily an anti-vaxxer either. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess what I am is a pro-information person. And, you know, rush and, and let's get this done and Operation Warp Speed. And if you don't get it, you're going to be left behind and we're going to punish you career-wise. I mean, that's not – something very odd is happening right now in our culture and in our world. And to me, it's setting us up for, you know, the one world system of the Antichrist where you have to receive, a you know, something into your right hand or forehead and if you won't do that, Revelation 13, verses 16 through 18 says you'll be left behind. You'll be cut out. And so something very, very strange is going on right now that makes me very uncomfortable. Can we go back to when Donald Trump was president and he got this going, which was a good thing because people, a lot of people will put their, unfortunately, they'll put their faith in a vaccine over God, but that's that's another topic. If you want to comment on that in a few minutes, you can. But um, I know people that I've heard Christians saying, well, now I can go back to church because the vaccine is available. You know what? Let me stop right there. Let me get your comment on that, Andy. Well, now I'll go back to church because the vaccine is available. Um, 
I mean, we're, we're dealing with a disease or, you know, with COVID and all of these things where the, you know, the, the percentage that you can die is like less than 1%. And that's what we're all upset about, being caught in that less than 1% category. <laughs> well, think about this for a minute. I, I could get in my car and drive to church and have a greater percentage chance of being killed in an automobile accident you know, that I could getting COVID-19 at church. And and so we don't tell people, don't get in your car, there's a chance you could die. I mean, nobody does that. But for whatever reason, they're all saying that now with this uh, COVID-19. And the last time I checked, the Bible says, Hebrews 10, verse 25, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together, as is the habit of some. It doesn't say... Uh, make sure you're vaccinated, you know, before you fulfill that command, you know, make sure there's no chance of death before you fulfill that command. In fact, the people that that command was written to, written to, you know, could have been killed by the authorities yeah. if they were caught meeting. And so something has happened to us where we now think, you know, I'm free to obey the Bible as long as I've got a perfect chance of no risk. And that doesn't, that's a change in our mindset, yes. and it doesn't make sense. Isn't that a, a kind of an interesting twist on, uh, I think it's in First Thessalonians, when it talks about when they say peace and safety. Safety, yeah. I, I always thought, was from a, a foreign, uh, you know, or terrorism or something, or something that physical harm would come from the hand of another. But, but we're talking about a virus now, a health issue, and it's the same concept, huh? Peace and safety, we're pursuing that, and we're losing our faith in the in the meantime, aren't we? Right. You know, I think it was, It's. I mean, this is usually a trip, this quote is usually attributed to Benjamin Franklin. And he made the point that, look, if people are willing to give up freedom in exchange for security, they really don't deserve either one. Mm. And the, the fact of the matter is there is no such thing as a risk-free life. Mm. That, that's just not, I mean, if people want that, they're not living in the real world. Now, I'm in favor of, of you know, normal precautions. If people want to wear a mask, you know, they're free to do that. Uh, at our church, um, we tell people, look, if you want to wear a mask, that's fine. We're not forcing it on you, but if that's your choice, then that's fine. And I understand that there are people in high-risk categories that want to have the mask on, but for the vast majority of Christians, I mean, they're not in the high-risk category, and they're acting, I mean, they're, they're basically acting as if if they go to church, they could get killed. Well, if you drive to church in a car, you could get killed, and that's not an excuse not for going to church, so why should this, you know, lesser of a chance thing, you know, be an excuse as well? Exactly. So we've got two minutes left in this segment uh, before we have to take a break, but uh, President Trump got this going, warp speed, people, you know, typically need a vaccine for something like this, and uh, he did his best. Um, yes, he did promote it, but I think he tried to get it done before the election so that more people would put their faith in him. Um, it just was politicized. It was so sad the way it was politicized. But what you said earlier is very important. We want to be people of wisdom, and we want to be informed on yeah. so many of these things, and there's just not enough time. There hasn't been, there haven't been enough studies, on not only on the effectiveness of the vaccine. There are uh, some, but w any side effects? Yeah. Have you heard many articles? Have you read many articles on side effects from the vaccines? Well, in fact, some of the articles I've read are the opposite. That there are true side effects, and there have been people that have died. You know, not by not taking the vaccine, but by taking the vaccine. Wow. And I'm not an MD or anything like that, but the fact of the matter is anybody knows it takes time for side effects to show up. Hmm. And if we're not given time to study it and it's rush, 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 then we're not following proper medical protocol. And the normal principles that we use always in every other area of life suddenly are being set aside for whatever reason. We're speaking with Dr. Andy Woods today. Andy Woods Ministries, you can get his pastor's point of view, weekly updates on YouTube. And we're going to talk more about this article as Israel is reopening. Uh, the, the man that said, whoever does not get vaccinated will be left behind. That mentality is seeping into America. Plus, a top vaccine expert calls for moratorium 
on COVID vaccines. And a whole lot more with Pastor Andy Woods in just a minute on Stand Up For The Truth. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. Our guest, uh, doctor and pastor Andy Woods, and Israel is reopening. Uh, They're going all in on the vaccine, and some of the experts over there saying uh, getting vaccinated is a moral duty. And I've heard that from the part of the Christian community, Andy, that uh, if you love your neighbor, you'll wear a mask. If you love your neighbor, you'll social distance. If you love your neighbor, neighbor, you get the vaccine. But as this article says, new government and business initiatives are moving in the direction of a two-tier system for vaccinated and unvaccinated, raising legal, moral, and ethical questions. Uh, your thoughts uh, as we get back to this article? Well, you know, the whole mindset of Marxism is you sacrifice the individual in exchange for the common good. Mm. You know, the individual sort of ceases or declines and the common good, whatever that is, grows. And that's really what this mindset is pushing. You know, we all have to sacrifice individual freedom. In other words, I have to get a vaccine to keep my career going. Mm. Even even though it could be deleterious to my health, um, with side effects that haven't even been a cha- haven't even had a chance to be fully documented yet, so I've got to sacrifice human freedom in exchange for the common good. And then what typically people do is to get people to move into that mindset is they throw Jesus in there somewhere. You know, G- you know, you have more moral authority, I guess, for your viewpoint if you can get people to believe that. Jesus is in favor of it. <laughs> and as as I study the Bible, I don't think the Bible has anything to do with communism or Marxism. I think it, what it does is, is it promotes the individual. It teaches things like we're all made in God's image. You know, we all have the power of choice. And salvation is not a group thing. It's not a group consensus. It's an individual thing. Every individual must make a decision whether they're going to trust Christ as Savior so that they can experience eternity, you know, with God. And so I I just don't fully get how we're going to toss Jesus into the mix, you know, to to get us into a, you know, common good groupthink mindset. Uh, I I think Jesus himself is very disgusted on how his name is being used to promote things that he probably wouldn't promote if he were alive you know, in his incarnate state on planet Earth today. I mean, I, yes. I just can't see Jesus. If you were interviewing Jesus right now on this uh, podcast, I just, I, I really have doubts that Jesus would come out and be a real strong pro-vaxxer, <laughs> given everything that we are starting to learn about it. And all of these religious leaders um, are now, whether it's Robert Jeffress, Franklin Graham, you know, uh, are now giving the impression that Jesus is, you know, fully on board with the vaccine. Hmm. Well, if I was interviewing Jesus on this podcast, he'd be doing all the talking because I don't know if Amen. I'd be, able, I don't know if I'd be able to speak. Right. I'd just like speak, Lord. Your servant is listening, and yes. uh, there's that that word um, uh, or that that song. There's a worship song by Matt Redman, uh, something about. Um, using fewer words. Let, let my words be few. <laughs> let my yes. words be few. So back to this article, um, it says Israel has got the fastest COVID vaccination campaign in the world, inoculating nearly half of its population with at least one dose. Now, keep this in mind, their rollout has been rapid, but they are the size of about New Jersey. Yeah. They're not the size of the United States. But it's kind of concerning some people how fast yeah. They have rolled this out, and some of the things, and the customers and attendees now that want to go to restaurants or uh, stores or public events now will have to carry a certificate of vaccination with a QR code. There are some concerning things about this, and it comes back to freedom, doesn't it? Right, and it's, you know, there are things people can watch online where citizens of Israel, I've watched a few of them myself, are just you know, complaining about the situation there mm. and how it's just unbelievable what's happening, how, you know, travelers back into the land of Israel are now 
you know, having to wear these ankle bracelets and, you know, mandatory quarantine and, you know, be vaccinated or left behind. There's a line in that article that I sent you, uh, basically where it says if you want to be a nurse and you're not vaccinated, then you need to pursue a different vocation. And that's a sort of a totalitarian Mm, mindset that you would think that if anybody would understand that mindset, it would be Israel and the Jews, you know, having survived the Holocaust. I mean, they, they know what it means. If you don't receive this mark, then you don't get a job. I mean, if anybody understands that, it would be them. And for whatever reason, you know, they're the ones that are opening the door to a lot of these things. If that article is in fact true. And I'm not, uh, I'm very pro-Zionist. I'm pro-Israel. I reject mm-hmm. that book, The Elders, uh, The Protocols of the Elders of Zion, which they, they in that book tried to argue that the Jews are behind all of the problems in the world. You know, the Jews controlled the bankings, and they talked there about the Rothschilds. And that book is a piece of anti-Semitic trash. Mm-hmm. I totally reject it. However... Amen. It is very interesting that when we study prophecy, that it's going to be Israel that's going to enter into the peace treaty with the Antichrist. In fact, it's Isaiah 28 that tells us twice that once Israel does that, she will have entered into a treaty with Sheol, or hell. And so if that's true, then it wouldn't surprise me to learn that Israel would sort of be on the cutting edge of leading the world into uh, what the Bible would call the New World Order. And we can talk about that in just a little bit, because uh, Pope Francis has made many different trips and many different uh, speeches about emphasizing the Great Reset and the New World Order. We'll get to that, Andy, but there's another article over at Technocracy News our friend Patrick Wood, he said, uh, or there's one article, top vaccine expert calls for moratorium on COVID vaccines. One of the world's top experts who's been traditionally pro-vaccine is putting the brakes on COVID-19 vaccines, calling for an open and transparent scientific debate. And that's one of our problems right there in America. We don't allow open debate um, with experts around the world. His alarm is largely ignored and censored by the global media. No surprise. His name is Geert van den Bosch, and he's a vaccine expert from Belgium. And he has a fundamental warning regarding lockdown methodology as well. And now these mass COVID-19 vaccine rollouts. So it's interesting, Andy, that the some of the top experts that are against uh, whatever the the media narrative seems to be, or the global push, they're the ones that are getting silenced, like uh, Simone Gold. Right. And, you know, I remember the good old days where, you know, liberals used to be in favor of free speech. Yeah. I mean, I remember when liber- I remember the day when liberals used to say, well, if you don't like it, then turn the channel. Mm. <laughs> and now what they're doing, since they have the power to do it with the Silicon Valley tech giants, is if something contradicts a narrative that they want to advance, they just push a button and you just disappear from the Internet or YouTube or social media. And that in and of itself reveals to me the weakness of their position. Because if their position is so strong, why don't they just put out their own video or their own position paper Mm -hmm. debunking, you know, for example, this gentleman that you just mentioned here, uh, uh, I guess, where is he from? Uh, Belgium, Belgium, it says. Why not just put out a video debunking him? I mean, why do you have to censor him? Exactly. And it's it's almost like anybody that contradicts a narrative that they want to advance, they just, they censor. It's like dealing, you know, dealing with these uh, medical authorities that are pointing out the problems with vaccinations. It's like, uh, it's, it's how they deal with a conservative black person like Clarence Thomas. Uh, Amazon, for example, during uh, Black History Month, you know, just took his book and video recently, you might have read this, and just caused it to disappear. (laughs) Well, that's how they're dealing with these medical authorities that contradict this narrative that we all need to be vaccinated. And so that's what's happening that's disturbing to me, is the lack of information that's being allowed 
and, and really the lack of an honest and open debate and dialogue. That isn't happening. It's just pure, unbridled censorship. I know. What happened to us, Andy? I mean, Facebook has been around for, I don't know, 15 years, I'm, I'm guessing, Twitter, YouTube, and all of a sudden it seems like there was little censorship, there was a little bit of, uh, you know, they're trying to silence Christians and the conservative. But during the Trump administration, they just said, I don't care who knows, we are going to shut you up if you don't tow the liberal Democrat or the globalist socialist line. And it's so concerning now, and a lot of Christians are saying, how do we let it get to this point? It seems like it's out of our control. Right. And you mentioned, you know, during the Trump administration, you know, there were several times where Trump was right in the middle of a speech, President Trump was. Yep. And I would be watching the speech with great interest, as should any American. He was the elected leader of the free world. And you're watching it on your favorite cable station, and all of a sudden they <laughs> they stop it, they stop it mid speech. Yeah, they cut away. And the guy comes on and says, "Well, we're, we're dealing with some misinformation here, oh, or some disinformation. That's the new word, by the way. Yeah, misinformation. In other words, any information that contradicts a narrative that they want to advance. And if they're going to do that to the president of the United States." Mm. Uh, and they're going to take his whole Twitter account and push a button and cause it to disappear, and he's the leader of the free world, I mean, what chance does little old me have to advance my ideas and little old you and these MDs who have information that contradict the narrative? So we're into this censorship mindset where um, entire uh, uh, concepts and ideas and advocates of views are just, they just disappear, mm-hmm. and it's a frightening time to be alive, quite frankly. It is. It is. And this, you know, we're talking about the COVID issue. Um, I'm reading another article over at Um He said it was Fauci's agency that in 2014 awarded a $3.7 million grant to the Wuhan Institute of Virology. We've talked about this a little bit before, but just to remind people, to refresh people's memories, that um, after funding of similar research in the U.S. was stopped because it was deemed too risky. So we, this is amazing. We had Dr. Anthony Fauci's National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases funding this grant to the Wuhan Institute of Virology, and that's where the, vac- the, the, the uh, COVID-19 uh, the virus came, the coronavirus came from, from China. And isn't it interesting? Who's benefiting from this? And uh, we can talk about Bill Gates as well, if you'd like. Well, you know, what little I know about this issue is that lab, that high-level lab in Wuhan, China, where this whole thing came out of, was actually funded, you know, under the Obama administration. Mm-hmm. And then you start looking into patents. Now, a really good guy to for people to follow on this is Robert F. Kennedy, who I like listening to what he has to say on it because he's no conservative. I mean, this guy, <laughs> this guy is, you can't blame him for being a member of the right-wing conspiracy at all. You know, he's very liberal. He's very pro, uh, for example, he's a big climate change alarmist. Mm-hmm. And things like that. He but he has a lot of positions that I, as a as a conservative and really as a Christian, don't agree with. But he's the guy that's really sounding the alarm on all of these vaccinations, saying you better pay attention to who owns the patent on these things. Interesting, yeah. Because Fauci and Gates and all of these people have an ability to get very very rich very very fast when you look at the patents and things of that nature, and. He also talks about how you better pay attention to what has happened as Bill and Melinda Gates and their foundation have gone around the world, into third world countries particularly, and vaccinated people. And you better look at, for example, the fertility issue in Mm -hmm. women and how it inhibits their ability to have children and how it actually brings more harm than good and how the law legal system is set up where uh, you can't sue, you know, big pharma because of these things. And so we, we better get this alternative perspective in really quick yes. and vet it um, 
because if we don't, we're going to be pulled into something that we don't want to be pulled into. And I say more information is better. You know, let's let Bill Gates and his crowd have their say, but let's let the Simone Golds and, you know, the others of the world have their equal say as well. And I just trust that people, when they get all the details, will make the right decision. And the fact of the matter is we're not being given all the details, Mm -hmm. and we're seeing the death of human freedom in the process because now they're saying get vaccinated or be left behind. Okay, we've got three and a half minutes in this segment. Uh, Dr. Andy Woods, this article, I'm just going to mention it so people can look it up over at leohoman.com to understand Biden's I need you to get vaccinated message, follow the money. Because buried in Biden's $1.9 trillion COVID relief package is $3.5 billion for Bill Gates' program to push the vaccination on the world. But one thing I didn't ask you, a lot of Christians are concerned about aborted baby body parts, fetal tissue research, and how that plays into some of these vaccines. What can you share with us from uh, what, what you've read up on this issue that, that, that's inside some of these vaccines, the, the makeup of it? Well, you know, again, I'm not, you know, of what you call a medical authority, but I can read people that are. <laughs> and there are a lot of people out there that, that say, yes, this, this vaccination, you know, is made up with these aborted, you know, fetal cells and that kind of a thing. So this, if that's true, you know, this could be used as a further justification for abortion on demand, which we as evangelical Christians have been stood against since Roe versus Wade back in 1973. Mm -hmm. And so all of a sudden, the argument is now in place for the evangelical community to switch from being pro-life to pro-abortion, because after all, it's for the common good, right? Wow. It's being used for vaccinations. And and uh, well, now we have our spiritual leaders telling us that Jesus is pro-vaccination. So, yeah. you know, to me, all of this is very slippery and very sneaky, and it's designed to shift us away from our pro-life position. Okay, here's, what, here's how some of them justify it. I've heard people say, well, I know maybe they use aborted fetal cells and they've used you know, aborted baby body parts for research and fetal cells and tissue, but these vaccines are going to save lives. So they're completely, for, it's like they're, they're not cluing into the fact that you've got to take life in order to preserve more lives. So you're justifying, like you said, aborting babies. And if, and if aborting a pre-human life, a baby in the womb is murder, if that's taking a human life, then why would you justify that to save more lives? Only Jesus was the sacrifice, the life that could save other lives. Andy, we've got to take a break. Sorry, uh, I didn't give you a chance to comment on that. But we are going to talk about some statements that Pope Francis has made. Um, He's in this uh, New World Order push. And we'll talk about that when we come back. Plus, looks like some basketball teams are taking knees for the national anthem. What do we think about this? And we come back on Stand Up For The Truth. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. Our guest is Dr. Andy Woods, and now we're going to transition to Pope Francis. Uh, now, a couple weeks ago, I think, he visited um, the uh, over in Iraq. He, he did a presentation or some sort of speech over there. Um, one of the goals was to bring several faiths together and maybe lure visitors over there to the uh, Mesopotamian site of Ur. And, of course, that's the birthplace of Abraham. Um, I don't remember. That was a couple weeks ago. I know he made a little statement in favor of the New World Order. Uh, Andy, what else can you tell us? Well, you know, I find this all very interesting because I have a perspective on Babylon I actually have a little book that's going to be coming out about this shortly. Awesome. On Revelation 17 and 18. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a view, it's, it's going to sound real radical when you hear it. It's a view that says Babylon in the Bible means Babylon. <laughs> you know, it, it doesn't mean Rome, it doesn't mean Jerusalem, it doesn't mean Las Vegas or whatever. It, it actually is the literal site of Babylon you know, which arguably the Garden of Eden could have been in that general area between the rivers 
the Euphrates and the Tigris. The Tower of Babel was there. It's where the children of Israel, you know, went into captivity for 70 years. And it's, it was very interesting, and I, that's my understanding of Revelation 17 and 18, hmm. when it talks about Babylon and her role in the last days. The Antichrist is going to have his headquarters from that same part of the world, you know, 58 miles south of, of Baghdad. And it was very interesting because the Pope himself, and everybody has told me from time immemorial that, no, the, the, the Babylon is really Rome. It's a code word for Rome. And they think the one world government of the Antichrist is going to be headquartered from Rome. Well, it was interesting that if that's true, the Pope himself never got the memo, because when the Pope wanted to host a one world religious gathering, he didn't host it from Vatican City. He went to Babylon, the general area of Babylon or Mesopotamia, sometimes called Shinar, you know, to host this one-world religion meeting. So I found it very interesting because it's sort of validation, you know, of the, 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 the viewpoint that I have on Babylon. Mm, thank you. When is that book coming out? Do you have a date yet? Should be coming out, I think, in a couple of months. I'm doing it with, uh, you know, Dr. Randy White, I think. Awesome. I'm doing it with his uh, dispensational publishing house. So Great. he's got my latest rendition of it, and he's working on it feverishly as we speak. Great. Well, we want to be one of your first interviews on the book. and I won't put awesome. you on the spot and make you set a date. But anyway, we're looking forward to that. I'm looking over other articles here, Andy, that this pope, it's a head-scratcher because I know recently he seemed to admit that the Catholic teaching, or at least you know, the Bible, does— uh, talk about same-sex marriage as a sin. And so it seems like he's trying to speak out of both sides of his, of his mouth sometimes. He's very pro-environmental. He seems to be um, for the Great Reset, you know, globalism and w- the New World Order. And then yet these some of these issues still come back. It's a little confusing. So your, your take on Pope Francis and just, is he playing politics or, or what's your thought? Well, he just came out with this book, and in the book, he talks about the necessity for the New World Order or, you know, the great global reset, Mm -hmm. and he talks about COVID-19, you know, as the pretext for that. In other words, we have this global pandemic, and we need a global governance system, you know, to help us with this global problem. And so I found it very interesting because he's saying exactly what the World Economic Forum is saying. He's exact. He's saying exactly what Bill Gates is saying. Right. Uh, he's saying exactly what Prince Charles is saying. Hmm. And it's just very interesting to me that all of these guys are reading off the same song sheet. And in order for uh, the world government or the new world order to come into existence. There's got to be all. There's got to be at least three legs to it that have to come together simultaneously. There's got to be an economic leg. There's got to be a political leg, and there also has to be a religious leg of this three-legged stool. And that's why I always pay attention to what the Pope says about it because he is bringing the spiritual dimension into it. And he's the guy that's going to come out and convince a lot of people that, well, this great global reset, it's something that Jesus himself, you know, would be interested in. And so he's bringing in the spiritual angle. And so all three have to come together simultaneously. And that's why when the Pope is so overt about it, I always pay attention. You know, it's interesting to me that the whole phrase, New World Order, used to be a taboo subject. Yes. I remember... George Bush Sr. using that phrase, and there was such a reaction against it that he quit using it. And now they just come out in the open, and they just use it overtly. And so I don't think this is a conspiracy theory anymore, you know, when they overtly come out and tell us what they want. And he talks about pursuing the common good a lot, you know, (laughs) along with globalism, socialism, and it it just seems like there are some on the left who would, like you said earlier in the podcast today, they would put words in Jesus' mouth. In other words, they would say Jesus is a socialist, or he would want 
he, he would be concerned about the global population and not just America, kind of downplaying the importance of you know America's constitution or an America first uh, philosophy. Yeah. But um, this is very interesting that he's very open about this now, and he is right locking arms with a lot of these elites, these global elites. Should we be concerned about this? He's a very influential leader of the Roman Catholic Church. Well, I think we should always be concerned because, you know, my understanding of Roman Catholicism is it's essentially promoting a form of what I would call apostate Christianity. It's not the Christianity of the Bible, and that's why Luther and others, you know, led a Protestant Reformation to get us back to the Bible. Um, so I don't really consider Roman Catholicism itself to be an accurate representation of biblical truth. But the fact of the matter is there's an awful lot of people on the earth today uh, that, that look at the Pope as the vicar. Yep. You know, vicar means in the place of in the place of Christ. And it's, in my opinion, not the true Christ. It's a false Christ. But vast hordes of people out there don't see it that way. They see his voice as Jesus' voice. And he is conditioning a lot of people, you know, to embrace this New World Order concept that apparently is on the horizon. And, yeah, we, we could talk about that a lot because um, people—it's a question of authority, isn't it? They go, they go back to Peter as the first pope, and uh, I've got uh, Mike Jenneran coming on in a few weeks to talk about that. He's actually going to be in— the Green Bay, Wisconsin area for a conference. But let's jump to the next story, Andy. I mean, we could talk about quotes from St. Francis all day long mm-hmm. and, and compare them to what the Bible teaches, and our audience, uh, I believe, really gets it. Uh, but we do have to keep our ears open and see what, what, what message he is pushing uh, and what marching orders he seems to be giving uh, the Catholic Church and others who follow him. Um, you are concerned, just as I am, about this movement about Black Lives Matter and critical race theory. In fact, you sent me one of your presentations you gave at Schaefer Theological Seminary, I believe for the graduates, was on the critical race theory, and um, I, I don't want to get into that fully right now, but uh, we're seeing this played out in our culture in different ways, in the university system, it's getting into high schools, but here we have the NCAA March Madness tournament going on, and we've got some players and teams taking knees for the national anthem. Coach Patrick Ewing in Georgetown, uh, they, the whole team kneeled for the anthem, and they lost, which I, I don't know if there's any connection. <laughs> but, Andy, yeah. just your thoughts on this concerning um, influence and culture of these lies about racism. Right, yeah, that, what you're talking about is a um, presentation I did at Chafer Seminary, our annual conference you know, that we just had, and I did my talk on critical race theory, but the thing to understand about critical race theory is the fact that it actually is Marxism. In fact, I'm looking at a book here by one of the progenitors of critical race theory, James Cone, Mm -hmm. who incidentally influenced Reverend Jeremiah Wright, who incidentally was Barack Obama's pastor, you know, for 20 years. But the title of Cone's book is The Black Church and Marxism, uh, what what do they have to say to each other? And so the thing to understand about critical race theory is it's designed to, what Saul Alinsky said, you find conflicts in a culture. In any culture you can find people that have been, you know, not treated fairly perhaps, and you take those conflicts and you intensify them, or you rub them raw. And once you do that, you've got a house divided against itself. And as Jesus himself taught, a house divided against itself can't stand. And so you kind of use that as a basis for bringing in a utopia, which promises to get rid of the conflict. And Marxists have been doing this all around the world related to the workers and the business owners. It's just harder to do that in America because in America – you can start at the very bottom and end up at the very top, and you can start off at the very top and end up at the very bottom. So America has been less vulnerable to Marxism than other cultures, but it is vulnerable because we have had race tension yes. in this country. And so the whole name of the game with critical race theory is to take that tension and exploit it into a conflict and 
And once the conflict exists, then the change can come from the conflict. And the change they want to bring in is sort of a communist utopia. It's even being promoted today through reparations. Yes. Reparations is wealth redistribution. Mm -hmm. I saw recently a whole city council, I can't remember where, but they're now bringing into a city reparations. And that's redistribution of the wealth, and that is Marxism. And that's what this whole critical race theory issue is about. Has it? We only have a minute and a half left. Has it surprised you how quickly some of these things are moving through our culture? It, it has, because when I was going through seminary about 10 years ago, I, I graduated a little over 10 years ago. I don't remember critical race theory even being on the horizon. Mm -mm. And now it's it's engulfing everything including the SBC, Southern Baptist Convention, adopted a resolution on the issue. And as Paul said, I'm amazed how quickly, you know, in the book of Galatians, yes. you're turning away from me, you know, to something false. Yep, we have to be careful. Colossians 2, 8, 2, about worldly philosophies. Don't be held captive or don't be deceived. Um, anyway, a lot of things to consider as we uh, look at these subjects of vaccines, our health, our freedom in America, and, of course, trying to live biblically. Dr. Andy Woods, thank you so much again for being on the podcast. We'll talk to you again soon, brother. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. When we come back, we'll let you know who our guests are the rest of this week on Stand Up For The Truth. Thank you, guys. Stand Up For The Truth, a ministry of Lakeshore Communications Incorporated. Keep the discussion going on social media. Stand Up WI on Facebook and Twitter. Now we wrap up today's Stand Up For The Truth. Tomorrow you will hear from the busy mom, Heidi St. John. We're trying to get her back uh, next month in April, too, but she is so busy. It's, that's why she goes by the busy mom. No, she's running for Congress in Washington, on top of her ministry and her podcast and her speaking schedule as a homeschool authority, now she's going to run for Congress. So pray for her, Heidi St. John. Um, no new podcast tomorrow. We're replaying that the recent one with her. And then uh, we're getting into some news on Thursday. Um, Pastor Kevin Minsky will join us on Friday. We're talking about uh, the book of Revelation, specifically the seven churches in chapters 2 and 3. We'll discuss that and how they apply Jesus' words to those churches, words and warnings mostly to those churches in Revelation, how they apply to America today. Hmm. Um, can't wait to get to um, Jason Jimenez coming back next week and Gary Ka as well. And guys, thank you so much. Remember to check out these websites that Pastor Andy Woods and I discussed today, Compass International, compass.org, uh, Frontline Doctors, America's Frontline Doctors. Make sure to uh, get some true information, do the research, be informed, pray, and leave the results to God. But we need to be responsible to do uh, the research and make sure we get accurate information because of all the censorship that's going on today. They're only lying one side in many places in the public square, big tech and others. Anyway, thank you guys. God bless you. And as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.